Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Yeah, I Said It. For those of you on YouTube and even for those of you listening on podcast, you can tell that this is not Lance Williams. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield. I'm stepping in for Lance. Uh, Lance is he's dealing with some minor ailments uh, at the moment. I'm just going to call it that. I, I personally, I think it's because, you know, the man turned 50 and I was getting old. I don't know. I got to bust on Lance a little bit. But I'm here for an episode of Yeah, I Said It, and I teased it in our in on our Twitter to say I might have someone joining me for this show. So I actually do have someone that is going to be joining me here. So I'm going to go ahead and, and bring him up and say, hey, uh, hey, buddy, how are you doing today? Uh, hi, uh, I'm doing good. It's uh, great to be on the show. You sound terrible. You sound terrible. You know, maybe you're just a little bit too hangry. Maybe, I, I, maybe you need to snap nice. into that Snickers. Uh, okay, uh, Snickers. Uh... <laughs> wow, what a difference <laughs> that Snickers makes! What's hey, what's up? <laughs> yes, for those of you what watching on what's YouTube, up? you might not understand what's going on, but if you heard it now, yes, this is one. Former editor of Behind the Steel Curtain, yeah, Jeff Hartman, yeah, yeah. jumping up? on to talk some Steelers with me today. Is so, that what we're going to talk about? Is Steelers stuff? I, I, I didn't agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are going to. You know what? We uh, I'm trying to see down the bottom. I'm waiting for him to finish his candy bar, and then we will actually bring Brian back in. <laughs> yeah, we are. So, <laughs> planned, at least. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to listen to him as he as he chews on a <laughs> chews on a candy bar. But yes, I just happen to be. Um, the story was I was I was actually communicating with Jeff today because uh, I helped run run a softball league and there was a fire on one of mm-hmm. the fields and Jeff played there last night and I was saying hey Jeff yeah how was it and everything and uh, just in talking I'm like okay, I got, I'm going to be doing the podcast later today he's like oh what time are you going on and I'm like oh I'm going on a little after you know hopefully around four o'clock why you want to come on. Sure, I'll come on. And hey, I'm not going to turn him down. So we have Jeff Hartman sitting here. Yeah. Jeff, how are you this afternoon? I'm great. Uh, great. It's Friday. Uh, excited to be here. It's I've, I've missed this place. I'll tell you that. Uh, missed the live chat. Missed talking with you all about Steelers football. And uh, like Mule Skinner said, Dad looks like he came off a bender. I agree. He's in his... <laughs> uh, and I'll be honest with you. You know, Brian's the podcast director, so I said, "Hey, there, yeah. there's a chance that you know maybe Jessica was." Brian's like, "Oh, I got to get on this." This was Brian's <laughs> intro. This was his idea. Um, he just wanted an excuse to eat a Snickers, is what it really was. Man, I have not had a candy bar in <laughs> months because you know I've dropped. I'm down to two sixty five, Jeff. I'm my lowest weight in ten years. Yeah, and but I that, saw you the other day. You look good. That Snickers was good. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the mini it was the bite size the fun size which is not fun by the way it's not fun yes, to see no. that little bit of candy but, you, uh, you, I, i've always had a problem with that when they say fun size when i think of fun i think of enormous i think it's something huge <laughs> and i'm like so okay we're just allowed to have a little bit of fun i'm like not fun okay that i i digress <laughs> can i can i make a comment buyer yeah. At the softball field, that means Jefferson was burning up the base pass, yeah, he, baby. <laughs> he was burning it up out there. I will say the outfield smelled like burnt popcorn. It wasn't the best <laughs> playing yeah. surface. Well, ever. people were probably wondering how the world of the, the softball field catch on fire. It, it's because it's, it's where they set the fireworks off. 
Last week, it's been very dry, and they hadn't had to mow the grass since. And they went over, and apparently when they were mowing the grass, one of the pieces of debris still had something live with it. And when the mower hit it, it sparked it and whoosh. Uh, luckily, no one was hurt um, except for the grass yeah. on the field. So that's a that's an intro that's an intro there let's let's talk about some stuff with Steelers uh we we talked about it last night on the preview that that we mentioned about the situation going on with the Washington franchise and 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 not just the name change but the the breaking news that happened with that yesterday and unfortunately because I'm still so busy I don't feel like I have educated myself enough on the topic to come on here and 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 tell you all everything about it. So you all are probably as educated about it as I am. So I'm just going to, to direct you to behind the steel curtain.com where Jeffrey Benedict, he had a piece that went out there this afternoon, which covers that. We just don't want to act like we're ignoring the issue because ignoring the issue is not the right answer in the circumstance. So, but at the same time, we also want to make sure we have the, the, that we're bringing things to you um, fully and accurately, which I also admit that I, I, I'm not able to do it this time. So there's also some other stuff that's been on the website. And this is kind of what where this topic came from tonight. And it was uh, an article that we actually did in two parts um, called uh, The What Ifs of the 2010s. And it was, if this wouldn't have happened, how would that have changed the, the Steelers season? For those of you that might not have seen this article, it, it, it really laid out some, some crazy stuff. It started off with, you know, what if what if Rashard Mendenhall hadn't fumbled in in I'm going to get the number wrong in the 2010 Super Bowl, you know, and led on to 40, 45, 45. Okay, yes, because 40 was in 2005, so yeah, it had to be mm -hmm. 45. So um, that was that was a question. It it went through the entire decade. It brought up the issues of what if Joe Hayden wasn't called for that pass interference. Um, against against either one of the past interferences against the Saints. And it got me thinking, and I've talked to both of you guys about this, how narrow it really is in the NFL between a win and a loss. I mean, one thing doesn't go your way, and you go from the 2017-13-3 Steelers who won, who pulled out a lot of those close games, to the 2018 nine six and one Steelers who missed the playoffs just because they didn't come through on the right on the right end of those close games it is a razor thin margin of error yeah well Jeff wouldn't you as a former coach and everything I I think you and I talked about this before there's times in, in every game it could it comes down to one or two plays doesn't. Yeah, and that's something Joe Gibbs, famous Washington coach, used to say: is that a, a game of football, the win, the winner and loser can be boiled down to sometimes three or four plays, and it's the truth. And you always have those two yards in a cloud of dust, which mean nothing. But then you have that pivotal pass interference call in the end zone, or you have that fluky bounce that goes one team's way and not the other. I always think back to 2017. Sunday night football, Green Bay Packers at Heinz Field, not Aaron Rodgers. Hunley uh, was, I believe, no, it wasn't Hunley. It was, uh, what was his name? Um, it was a quarterback. I, I, 
drawn a I thought it was Hunley. I thought you were right. <laughs> I was and about ready he, to confirm that. And he was shocking everyone. And all of a sudden it looked like, oh my gosh, the Green Bay Packers without their all pro quarterback might come into Pittsburgh and beat him. And if it weren't for Antonio Brown's ridiculous catch on the sideline where no one thought that he got his feet in, no one thought that he had possession of the football turned into a Chris Boswell field goal. And they ended up winning the game. And it was, you just think about what could have happened in terms of, let's say his, he didn't have possession of the ball or his yeah. toe didn't tap down and bounds. They lose that game. And now all of a sudden it's a totally different in, in the article that you mentioned, which I read today um, highlights a lot of those. And so did part one, a lot of those scenarios where it's like, wow, if this just would have happened different, it, it, there's a ripple effect. Definitely a ripple. Yeah. effect. It, Brian, and any of those you want to highlight on or your thoughts on it? I love those. Those are great. And let's go back to a very glorious Pittsburgh Steelers win 2005. Well, it was January 15th of 2006. It was the divisional game. But if something does not happen, not just in that game, but the very night before a domestic dispute between Nick Harper and his wife, which led to her stabbing him in the leg with a kitchen knife. If that doesn't happen, maybe Nick Harper runs Jerome Bettis's fumble all the way back for a touchdown and the Colts beat the Steelers in that game. There's no Super Bowl 40 victory against the Seattle Seahawks. Jerome Bettis, he goes off and he retires in, I don't want to say disgrace, but on a down note. Mm -hmm. So thin line. Yeah, there's a very thin line. It's razor thin between success and failure. Yeah. And there's, and there's so much more to that game. You know, if, well, I always say, what if, and I'll, this is me, not really conspiracy theory or anything like that, but I'm telling you, the NFL wants games to stay close as long as possible. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Troy Palomalu intercepted that ball, rolled over, and as he was getting it up, his knee knocked it out of his hand, and they call it incomplete on an overturn. Not just that they would, you know, that they thought that was evidence to overturn. That was, to me, that is like example number one of the NFL wants to keep the games competitive for as long as possible. That ended that game. That game was going to be done at that moment. And it's not that I'm not saying that the NFL wanted the, the Colts to win, which they probably did, but they at least wanted the game to be closer for longer than that. And so there's so many things in that game, which then leads, leads to a Super Bowl. Does the Steelers, do the Steelers have the experience, the playoff experience to then win the Super Bowl three years later? You know, it's, it's a big ripple effect, but that's what ifs. That's about all the what-ifs. The question is, how do you keep those what-ifs from happening and burning you all the time? Because that's what, that, to me, I still say that is the difference between 2017 and 2018. You know, you can even say it was the, the amazing leg of Chris Boswell in 17 to whatever happened to Chris Boswell in 18. That, But I'm, I don't want to lay it on one player, but I'm just like, just one little thing is the difference between you know a one point loss and a two point win so what how how do you control your own destiny more is it really all up to chance on some of these fluky plays or not what do you think jeff 
you need to have luck on your side. That's important in any sport. Um, whether it's, you know, you think about if you're golfing and you hit one into the trees and somehow it spits it out and you still have a shot, like that's just dumb, dumb yeah. luck. I mean, there's no skill involved, but you go back to 2018, just think about some of the things that the Steelers could control that they didn't really untimely fumbles. And that could, that was a could be a sentiment from 2019 as well. You think about Juju Smith-Schuster's fumble against Baltimore in week five in overtime. You think back to in 2018, the fumble against the Saints. You think about James Connors fumble against the Browns, all these circumstances that the ball doesn't bounce their way, but the ball shouldn't be bouncing in the first place. Yeah, You know? So in that regard, if you do your job not to steal, you know, the slogan from that guy up North, but at the same time, if everyone just does their own job and you don't have to leave it to chance all the time, Chris Boswell had a horrific 2018 season, but at the same time, if they would have converted more then you wouldn't have had to rely on his leg to win games. So I think that there is a lot of luck involved, but I also think that if a team goes out there and they take care of business, and I don't mean necessarily from like running up the score and dominating by seven touchdowns, but not fumbling the ball, not turning it over, you know, taking advantage of opportunities. I mean, how many times did we see a defensive back before Minka Fitzpatrick where the ball would hit them right in between the numbers and they don't catch the football? And it's it's an easy interception and they just can't convert. Sean Those Davis, 2017 against the Patriots. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that's, honestly, that's the first one I thought of. So, I mean, Brian, you might disagree or you might have another topic there to bring into that, but that's what I think. I think you got to control what you can control. I agree with everything you're saying, but I want to add one thing. Go for the throat. So yeah. I've been watching a lot and a lot of old shows, excuse me, not old shows, old games from the 70s, the late 70s, even the 80s. And when Chuck Knoll was coaching, even, even seasons when Pittsburgh wasn't that great, I'm talking 84, 87, well, 84, they went to the AFC championship game. But those are not the story teams of the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. I mean, excuse me, the 70s, the 90s, the 2000s. But they scored quick, they scored often, and they went for it a whole lot more. There's a lot more conservative approach for the Pittsburgh Steelers where they'll rely on their defense more instead of taking chances and scoring more and more often. Also, not being conservative when you're protect when you're up by 14 because this generation of the Pittsburgh Steelers seems to lose leads a whole lot more than they ever did before. There's not much that I complain about on the coaching end of the ball, but sometimes the approach without going for that throat, here's the thing. When you put your boot on someone's neck, this is not, not, don't go out and do that. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm not condoning any violence, but you go for the kill in sports. Mm -hmm. You go mm -hmm. for the kill and you've got to do it a lot quicker to not let those, those little tiny instances um, just mess you up. So you widen the margin. Yeah. I, you guys have really summed this up really well. You really have. And but of course, you know, I'm going to have, to have to throw something else in there. Coach Tomlin says this all the time. When people want to ask him about a bad call or something like that, that really affects the game. I think back to the, to the Chargers game in Pittsburgh in, I'm going to, I'm not to mess up, in 2018 with the constant false start penalties that were not called and things like that going on and things of those nature. 
And his answer always is, we can't put ourselves in a situation where something like that is the determining factor. And that's what it comes down to. If it's just, if all those games, if, if your season's success is the difference between all those games having to go your way versus none of them going your way versus 50-50 split, then it's going to be really hard to get all the way to the promised land and hoist that Lombardi. You've got to be a team that's just still a step above that when when those things like that don't go your way, you can still get the win. And that seems like that's always been what usually, you know, it'll, 31 teams, some of them are nowhere close, but could all be grouped into that category every year because it takes that team. So now sometimes it just all goes their way. It really does. But you could have everything go your way and nothing go for the other team, and that other team can still win. You know, that almost is what happened in well, two, one, two, week three last year, you know, but now we, we could also chalk that up to, you know, the James Conner fumble in San Francisco, but that was almost one of those games that the Niners didn't do it. I mean, they had all those turnovers didn't do anything right. And yet they still were able to overcome and win that game. So bottom line is you've got to be good enough to take that luck, you know, to take the luck factor out of it more often than not. Would you agree with that, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, Teams that, I mean, you kind of saw it in 2017. Teams that almost always have that lucky streak, it's going to run out sooner or later. You know, it, it just is. The the ball that, that and I we talked about this a lot last year on our podcast, you know, the Steelers took the ball away so much. Can you actually rely on that again? And that's difficult to do because you can't, I mean, yeah, you can always, a strip sack is phenomenal, but you can't always rely on that play. And that's where the offense was just so awful. But yeah, Jav man is driving me nuts in the live chat. <laughs> oh, see, I think he's going buff. Come on. Well, how, no, how many times? How many times has he mentioned lacrosse? You know, he. Oh, has, no, I've been, been reading them all, looking. man. I've been reading. <laughs> yeah, it, I haven't been looking. But uh, <laughs> see, now I had something to say, and now I can't remember what it was. So I'll just say Seattle has two losses. There Brian, what do you think? <laughs> That's, I am quite tired, <laughs> but you know, I do have very. Th- I mean, all everybody in my family, there's well, there's slits. Yeah. They, no, maybe it's, we're we're not. I'm not used to doing doing podcasts with natural sunlight this time of day. So it's like uh, you got to squint a little bit because the sun's coming in your in your room. People might just be happy that they can actually see me without me having to turn on five lights and bring them into my room. But um, you know, I learned this, Dave. Jeff, mm-hmm. I learned this in ninth grade history class that the KGB used to go after people at either 4 a.m. or 4 p.m. because that's when the bo- the human body is the most tired hmm. for some reason. Now, hmm. I don't really know how to uh, uh, how to back that up with any fact, but uh, I do remember my ninth grade history teacher saying that, and I always thought that was really cool. So there you go. I'm I'm going to jump in and say um, I was running a little bit late and I'm struggling right now because I usually have a 4 p.m. cup of coffee, and so I can feel that 4 p.m. going on. But uh, maybe maybe we should we should go, come back and um, should we bring it back to the Steelers or we want to go back to the KGB talk? 
<laughs> you get it all here. <laughs> yeah. Your history lesson and your Steelers lesson all in one place. Exactly. I'm, I'm just glad you said um, you said ninth grade history and not seventh grade health because you, you just never know what to expect. Oh, I, I, I can I get into that. Grade health. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I, boy. I, I bet you guys have some great stories. Uh, um, uh, what? <laughs> seventh grade health yep i, mean, more I, of a I can tell one. you a lot of stories about questions i've received in seventh mm -hmm. grade health as a teacher but uh that's a yeah. show for another time well i'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions after the show yeah. <laughs> but i'm still well, trying to figure out um brian brought up something here that said about you know go for the throat and everything and it's kind of like the 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 old saying that well i've heard i don't i don't know where it comes from but i know i've heard it a lot um, prevent defense, prevent you from winning. When that team goes into that prevent defense so early because they have a lead and you get more worried about protecting the lead than you do, you know, doing your thing and winning the game. We've all seen it so many times. We've seen how, how it's all about momentum because it's all in a game because we saw it in the Super Bowl a few years ago. I mean, we all remember 28 to 3. You know, once a team comes back from that far down and ties the game, it's very rare that they don't win it because of of rolling back. So that's why, you know, that was a lesson in the Super Bowl on the biggest stage that every team needs to remember now that they're like, we don't let up. We don't let up. We don't let up. Steelers didn't really have a chance to let up at all last year. So that's something that I would like. I hope this is an issue that we that we have to talk about in 2020. Is that oh man, we don't want the Steelers to let up because that means they are getting leads and playing well. But they need to create their own. You can create your own luck, not by creating the luck, but by not letting the luck affect you. So well, that's why. Go ahead, Jeff. I mean, they led the league in takeaways last year and averaged 18 points a game. They never once scored 30 points in an entire season. I mean, think about that. Like, think about how dreadful that is. And think about the San Francisco game. They were gifted field position in the first quarter and did what? They scored three points, I, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. They had like three turnovers in the first quarter. And I think they got a total of three points off those turnovers. Well, I, I, think, I think it was six. Did they get two field goals? I Because... I, I, I didn't. Okay, you and might because I, right. I think both of them they were in field goal range when they got the turnovers. But one of them they got pushed out because Rudolph mm -hmm. got sacked. It was a he was like yeah. flushed out of the pocket, and then they had to punt. It was mm -hmm. awful. I I hope and pray that they have a chance to to protect a lead because yeah. they never had that last year. You think back even to the games that they won big Monday night against Cincinnati. They weren't. They didn't come out the gate really strong. They eventually took them over, and you know we all saw what happened with Dalton, et cetera. Even the Monday nighter against Miami, it was not yeah. a, it was a close game. And I was there, had, I know. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. But but it, now that the offensive coordinator is back from injury, they might true. they might be in in better shape to score points in that position and be able to take advantage of those those turnovers. I was in the stands in 2017 in the playoffs. Now I was a little bit, so I guess it was technically 2018, um, but the 2017 season, I was also there for the earlier game with Jacksonville. So the fact that it was Jacksonville, I was a little leery, but there was something about that 2018 team that even when they got down, 
you still felt like they weren't completely ever out of it because they constantly kept finding a way to win and finding a way to the way to win. The problem is you can't do that every time because all it takes is one time for you to come up just short, which, you know, three points short. Now, granted, they scored basically as time was expiring um, to make it that close. All it takes is one one time. It's this isn't this isn't NHL. This isn't NBA. This isn't MLB. You're not doing best of seven in the playoffs. It's win or you're done. So you you can't you can't rely on I'm going to have that magic moment to come back and win nine out of you know nine out of ten games down the stretch because it's that one loss that's gonna that's gonna keep you from from getting there. So you you have to be able to to set your own destiny. And that's why the, the, the whole point of, yeah, I said it, there's a razor thin, how, how I can't even remember how we said it. <laughs> yeah. I said it. Razor uh, there's thin a razor margin, thin, yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's razor thin line between, between success and failure, you know, margin of error, things like that. That's why, because that's the nature of the NFL. If you're, if you don't want, if you don't want that line to be razor thin, then you've got to rise above that constantly. If you are flirting with that line all the time, eventually you're going to end up on the wrong side of it. Jeff. Can I petition the behind the steel curtain podcast platform, at least when you two are on together that anytime the 2017 divisional playoff loss against the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> mentioned, it's not referred to as the 2017 playoff loss, but the John Oates debacle. Um, I feel like that is right. It's justified. If it weren't for that, I could say a few words, the adjectives, not so nice adjectives to describe the horrible rendition that he did to our star spangled banner that just got the Steelers off to the, it, it, it killed him for the moment. When I heard. And thanks for coming, oh, no. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you listening on podcast, Brian gets so offended by that. He just dropped Jeff out of here. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, let's, uh, so now, since since we're part through the show, yeah, it's going to come in in your place. For those of you that might have joined late, uh, we brought our buddy Jeff back for a show. Yeah. He said he was a. Well, I was chatting with him today. He said, "Oh yeah, I'm around." I'm like, "Come on with us. Come on. Let's let's talk some Steelers." So, uh, so so that's why Jeff is here. But it's funny because being at that game, I don't remember the Star Spangled Banner. All I remember it was very was forgettable. It was very forgettable. I he, is a, remember, he is a rock and roll hall of famer <laughs> in Shrine. I just saw him in concert in February, and he was absolutely amazing. I mean, gosh, lay off Johnny Oates. Oh. He's a legend. The John, the John Oates debacle. That, that, game, that game means, means something different to me because that was the game where um, – I, you couldn't take the clipper to the game because it was there was flooding in Pittsburgh. It was flooded out. I, I had to take the the T train over, and I get on the train. And I'm like, "Where's my coat? Where's my coat? I forgot my coat. I had to sit there without a coat on in January in Pittsburgh and watch the game." So yeah, I was that guy. So that's always going to. And if they had won, it wouldn't have been a big deal, you know. So it's it 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 is what it is. But um, my brother was at that game, and he says. He doesn't remember it either. You know why? Because when you're there, you didn't even think about it. <laughs> you know what? Very, very forgettable. I'm coming back. I'm jumping in. Hold on a second. <laughs> Here's the deal. Do we call 45 the Christina Aguilera debacle when she actually messed up the national anthem? Anthem. Did, did she screwed it up? 
Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was the Anthem. That was the problem. <laughs> so we don't call the it touchdowns that. in. Yeah, you know, John Oates <laughs> is the touchdown zone of, and he's a champion singer, six number one singles in his career. And uh, you know what? If you called me the John Oates of podcasting, I would be proud. I'm just <laughs> And he drops the mic with that. So, uh the John guys, Oates debacle is what it will forever be referred to as. Yeah, that, and, that and Frank Webb. <laughs> Frank Webb and uh, and Dick Shiner they bring they talk about him all the time <laughs> in your absence. Um, that, I'm glad, I'm glad that that's continued. I'm just Frank Webb story. I'm really I'm really concerned because he's not going to um, make it. Well, he's no. not going to get. Deputy they turn the rosters. Oh, yeah. Deputy editor Michael Beck. He's doing his A to Z ninety man all ninety men on the roster. Going through them one day at a time. I'm afraid by the time he gets to one Frank Webb, um, that that he's not going to, you know, because it's W. I mean, come on, forever <laughs> to to get there to where he could finally bust that out, and and by that time, who knows how the rosters are going to be. But I'm going to come back and ask you guys this because I like looking at the future, but we also got to learn from the past. And that what ifs article. Um, yesterday and today, the first five yesterday, the next five today. Fantastic. Make sure you go check that on the site. Um, I really wish I would have brought it up because it's Cass. I'm going to mess up the, the numbers. It's Cassidy977, I think, is, is the author for that one. Um, if I got the numbers wrong, I apologize. But I know I it's Cassidy. It's 675309, actually. Yeah, I think that might might be better. Was it Or was it 411? I don't know. We, we can learn from the past to prepare for the future. In the in the 2010s, when the Steelers had all this amazing talent, supposedly, but yet they never won with it, was the problem that they were they were too they played too much at that razor thin line rather than above it. That's the ultimate question. Are you playing at the you know, if you play below the line, guess what? You're going to just gonna have the losing record and you're gonna talk about how you know next year's draft pick, hoping that it's in the top 10. You know, that's not the Pittsburgh Steelers. To me, the Pittsburgh Steelers are always either playing at that line or above that line. Now, in 2017, I don't know that they were playing above the line. They were just playing on the line on the line, and so many things went their way. And what's sad is the one game where the things didn't go their way, which a lot of people brought up, as we will call, you know, Jesse James caught that ball, is what that's known as. That if the Steelers would have had that, oh, look how different things would have been. But they needed that to go from 13 and three to 14 and two in order to be successful. I mean, you're a 13 and three team, and you have to, and you have to have all, you have to get the right breaks or just a, a, a meaningful, correct call in order for you to be successful. Is that the Steelers' problem? And how do you rise above that line? Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Brian. I don't know how you rise above that line. You know, it's because unless you just become more of a cohesive unit and just play mistake-free football and go for the throat like we talked about before, you're never going to. So it's it's a philosophy. It is uh it, it, it you know, it happens in the preseason. It happens every day under the bubble when you're not on the field, but it, 
it just happens when you are committed to sometimes altering your philosophy, um, realizing that this isn't working and being tired of escaping by the, the skin of your teeth. Jeff, I've got a specific question for you from another Jeff. Jeffrey Benedict okay. in the live chat says, and this is a really good point when it comes to specifically 2017, which might have been the year, you know, when you lose to Ryan Shazier late in the season, you aren't on that line anymore. Were the Steelers above that line? And the Shazier injury is what caught them, brought them back down to where they needed things to go their way in order to win the games. Yeah, I think he was that dynamic defender that they didn't have. And then when you lose that, mm -hmm. you, you and you get Sean Spence off the couch, literally, and you plug him into play other than over like someone like Fort, you're like, it, it, it wasn't, it, I thought it was a poor coaching decision. Um, and you can't replace that. You know, you, Ryan Shazier was a talent and the skill set that he had is near impossible to duplicate fact, you know? Yeah. And so when you lose that, there's a gaping hole. It's not a, a situation where you're like, Oh, Mike Hilton got banged up. He's going to be missing a few games. Uh, Mike Hilton's good and he plays his role very well in the Steelers defense, but he is in no way, shape or form a guy where you're like, Oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do without him? That was Ryan Shazier. And so, yeah, I think they were at that line. And then when you take Shazier out of the equation, it only got worse. Yeah. So I, I, I agree. Can you agree with that bad that that might've been the year that the Steelers were playing above that line where they didn't have to have everything go their way. And then after the Shazier injury, it, things like that affected them more to a point. Yes. Okay. I, I will definitely agree with that because there was no next man up for Ryan Shazier and that's definite, but Jeff brought up this game earlier and it was a week before against and Ryan Shazier played the full game and had a, had a good game, but they were not, they were not performing up to par against the Green Bay Packers in that game. They were not performing up to par uh, against other teams in November. They were escaping with Chris Boswell by the skin of their teeth. That 13-3 and three could have easily been a completely different record because they had Boswell. And you mentioned that earlier, Dave Schofield. So what I'm saying here is Shazier, if they have Shazier, they're doing a whole lot more. But there were other issues that just not makes that doesn't make Ryan Shazier the sole reason for that season going in the tank. Man, this is just constantly evolving in my brain as we're talking about this, and and, and this and 2017 just seems to be like a great year to talk about because of how everything. I mean, 13 wins, come on. But here's another part that 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 goes with this. I'm okay with the with the 2020. Steelers playing at that razor thin line where things could go one way or the other. If things are going their way half the time, and it's not in those certain games that, that, that it happens, cause it's not going to be every game. There's going to be some teams that hopefully you can just, you can just defeat. The key is to me, the last four games of the season, that's when you need to be above that line because I don't care if you're 0-4 to start the season, but if you're 4-0 at the end and making the playoffs, that's more important because you could – how many times have we seen the best team in the NFL for the first half of the season not even be someone that people pick to win a game in the playoffs? 
It's not even about playing that way the whole time. It's about getting to that level at the right time because playing at that line doesn't matter as much during the regular season. You want to be above that line on the, at the playoffs. Dave, can I say that I agree completely with you if this was any other year than 2020? And the, reason, and the reason I'm going to say that, the first quarter of the season in 2020 is going to be paramount to at least be 3-1 and one and maybe 4-0. and oh. And the reason you need that this year more than ever is because parity might be out the window this year. The reason I'm saying that, I think you're going to see it top-heavy in the, with the top eight teams in the league, uh, very top heavy, actually with the top 10, 12 teams, and then a lot at the bottom and not a lot of eight and eight teams, not a lot of seven and nine teams. I think there's going to be less of those teams just playing 500 ball, because I think if you're good this season, you're going to have really good records. A lot of the teams are going to beat the teams that they should this year, because you do not have a preseason, you do not have a training camp, you didn't have mini camps. So the bad teams are going to be bad because they don't have the preparation to get better. The good teams coming in with a better roster are going to be, it's going to be top heavy because they're going to be better and there's going to be less parity. I, I think you're right, Brian. It's going to be one of those years where you either figure it out, you're either one of those teams that, that figure it out or you don't based on the limited stuff. Jeff, we've just thrown a bunch of stuff out there. There's a lot for you to to, to break to break up there. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and how's Seattle going to do for those first two games? <laughs> There's this giant bug in this room. I was like, man, that thing is huge. I gotta kill that thing. I'm trying to think about you know, <laughs> uh, no, but I mean seriously. <laughs> um, Not to completely change the subject, but I mean, I I definitely hear you guys. This year is going to be fluky. This year is going to be different than any other year ever before. And you look at the Steelers' schedule, like you said, Brian. Especially, you got to start out fast. Can you imagine like the Bengals with Joe Burrow has no repetitions with anyone physical, like it, none. And he's going to be your day one starter mm -hmm. and good luck. I'll take Ben Roethlisberger coming off elbow surgery for 500, please, Alex. You know, I mean, it's one of those situations <laughs> where, I mean, it's, it's a give it this year. Throw uh, There's all no holds barred. That's what they should call this year. NFL 2020, no holds barred. Let's get after it. And I'm not talking about the classic Hulk Hogan movie. I'm talking about just it's going to be fluky. It's going to be crazy. Things, oh, gonna, things are going to happen. What's that? One hour of no holds bar. <laughs> Zeus against Zeus. <laughs> the great Tiny Lister. <laughs> well, actually, we could tie that back to Steelers history because Tiny Lister played Debo, which James Harrison was named after. Yep, that's Boom. Right. There Very you good. go. And there's your seven degrees. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> seven degrees of Pittsburgh Steelers. So it, this is going to be a strange year. And I, I think Brian has a good point. That line might not exist in 2020 like it has in the past. So that could be good for the Steelers, meaning that 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 thin line between victory and defeat. I, But we just really don't know. I, I, I think it's a big possibility that the teams that that already have the continuity don't have a lot of stuff to work through like Jeff's talking about not having a new quarterback you know they they have an advantage but it's still up to that coaching staff to 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 get them going i was completely wrong last year even though they went on the road i thought the advantage was for the steelers when they played on thursday night because they had a more experienced coaching staff to get their team ready well that didn't happen 
Um, they went into Cleveland, and the rest is history with all with, with all of that. So maybe if they were home, it would have been different. But they also, you know, young young quarterback, all those other things that, that come into play there. So sometimes when you think, oh, well, the Steelers have an advantage because, yeah, then sometimes they don't necessarily either. Um, just wanted to throw out there that Dave Shipley threw $5 into the tip jar with a blank comment. And he says his question um, is a couple above. Um, there we go. He said, uh, we must be confident in somebody and somebody after the season at OLB or, or was it that the grievance made or ticked off? We'll say it that way, just to keep it a little bit more G rated. Um, the head office, um, or did Bud want too much money? He's talking about Bud Dupree. Um, since no, haven't got his thoughts on it at all because he has because he's just coming on right now. Jeff, what's what's your thoughts on the whole Bud Dupree situation? It, they, there's no way the Steelers were going to try to negotiate a long term deal not knowing the ramifications of the cap in 2021. Yes. So it's one of those situations where yeah, you can be mad that he asked for two million dollars more, whatever. He's he's entitled to, to entitled to doing what he's doing in the collective bargaining agreement. Now, with that said, if the Steelers, you know, it's like Cam Hayward, he's probably not going to get a deal either. Because if let's say that the finances between these the NFL and NFLPA don't go well and the salary cap drops seventy million dollars next year, they're not going to be able to afford a lot of players, and so they're going to have to definitely wheel and deal and make some things happen. That's probably the the driving force. It's also why they haven't signed any of the rookies yet. I mean, yeah. the, the, there's there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes here that a lot of fans are just completely ignoring. But it's worth looking at. Too. I don't think that if Dupree were the right price, I think they would bring him back. But as of right now, you a don't know how productive he's going to be. Was last year a flash in the pan, or what is the salary cap going to look like in twenty twenty one? Both of those, I wouldn't sign in the long term deal either. Not now, Brian. Let me mention Bud Dupree real quick. First of all, if you don't ask, you don't get. Bud, I have no problem with Bud saying, "Hey, wait a second, I was a defensive end and edge rushers, and I kind of think the role is a little bit crazy." I'm hey, trying. Man. My screen. It, okay. it, I, no, you, you you look kind of pale, Lance Williams. That's his line that he says all the time. <laughs> so um, if you don't ask, you're not going to get. Here's the thing. We were talking about this last night, Jeff. When we were talking about on April 23rd about the draft, we weren't talking about Chase Young from Ohio State as a defensive end or a linebacker. We were talking about him as an edge rusher. So they need to really change the designation for these franchise tags to just make them edge rushers and not have a defensive end making $2 million more than an outside linebacker. I really think that that should be grouped together different because there's really, it's kind of hard for him to get that $2 million extra when he's, but he, but he is doing the same exact thing as a defensive end, just because of the category that he's there under, that needs to be changed. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, the players had every opportunity to have that bargain in the collective bargaining agreement. They didn't do it. That was my answer too. That was um, the players had their chance in March, and they didn't they they that. signed a collective bargaining agreement that states that the franchise tag is labeled as a linebacker and as a defensive end. And so if I'm, if I'm, you know, Bud Dupree, I'm going to my team rep saying, we need to get this change because it's going to affect my, my paycheck. Yeah. If they, if they did that, that's on them. Yeah. And that's what's crazy. Like, like, like Jeffrey brought up in the live chat, Bud Dupree is tagged as a linebacker, which makes him the same as they're saying Bud Dupree is more like Devin Bush 
Yeah. You know, then he is a four-three defensive end. Um, and honestly, I don't, I don't know that the owners would have balked at redoing that at all. I don't know that they really would Probably have. Probably not. They could have done easily. So maybe it's something they'll both agree on after the fact because it's just better for everyone. I don't know. Jeff. Yep. We want to thank you so much for coming on and, and joining us. It was great to 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 get our get our good buddy back here to talk some Steelers football and and with his America hat. <laughs> That's right. God bless and, uh, this country. Sleeveless, yeah. showing off the yeah. gun. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. It's it's a new Jeff. You know what I mean. So what are you gonna do? Well, I'm I'm waiting for like a tobacco stream to go across the screen and go. I'm out. No, I was I was waiting for a well. That's funny right there. I don't care who you are, uh, America. Yeah. So. We, we want to make sure that you all know to check into behind These the colors screen. don't run. Sorry. Reminds me of an after party. Okay. Um, luckily, we don't have any time for any 2 a.m. stories. Yeah. Make sure that you are checking into BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We are doing everything that we can to get you the best content. We are hoping that that next week at this time, we're talking about training camp starting, you know, in just a few days. If they can get everything worked out. There's been news, there's been news on that. There's been news on that. Today. Yeah, there, it, it, let's just say it. There's been news saying that the developments are looking good. They just haven't definitely come out and said that it's definitely. They'll be happening. reporting on time. Yeah, that, that's that's what's going to be be happening. So yeah. we're looking. That's the twenty eighth, correct? Mm -hmm. That yep. would be uh, a Steelers week could be the 29th because it's always forty five days before your first game. They play on Monday night in week one, so they could be the 29th and not the twenty eighth. Okay. Well, oh, I thought it was. Is that what it was? Because I know before it was always before your first preseason game. That's why they would have been early with the Hall of Fame game. It's all confusing, but who knows? Yeah. And then you got to get football back. Who cares? Exactly. Let's just, <laughs> everyone right now is just kind of holding their collective breath, making sure everything's going to happen. And that's kind of what we are too. But we are going to, we're going to, we're keep coming at you with behind the curtain.com or coming at you with the BTSC family of podcasts. We'll have Tony on tomorrow around noontime for, for, um, um, Steelers brunch with Tony. Then we have Sunday. Um, not exactly sure who's on that show. Um, but we know we, we've got Homer and the Hater coming. We've got to make sure we're we're getting it together. Monday, it'll be um, Brian and Tony back with Q&A and Retro. And then my my brother and I back with some Stat Geek on Tuesday. Um, standard is a standard on Wednesday, preview on Thursday. And then back to, yeah, I said it. Uh, hopefully, uh, Lance Williams will be back for that next Friday. Any, any last words? Go Steelers. Go Steelers. Brian? Come on. America. Oh, no. <laughs> I set you up perfectly. Well. I set you up perfectly for Seattle has two losses. Oh. Andy, Van, Andy, Andy Vance like. Andy Vance like in the background of Jeff. So <laughs> thanks for joining, for, for joining us today. John Oates rolls. John Oates rolls. The John Oates debacle. <laughs> you can see that when we get together, it's just a good, fun time talking about Just end it. Just end it, Dave. Just Thank end you. it. Tune in. Tell a friend. And subscribe.